Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my sexy fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It's September 11th, 1998. It Feels is. like a good day. Yeah. You know? A happy, relaxed day. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of happy and relaxed. <laughs> Nothing in this episode's happy we and relaxed. an episode of 90210 called Deadline. Yeah, I wish that I could understand the name of this episode. But I don't. Did they give Brandon a deadline? I don't know. I don't think so. Did are... uh, Steve's sperm have a deadline? <laughs> All right. Where do you want to start? Um, let's start with. I don't know. I mean, there's so there's David, there's Brandon, there's <laughs> just naming characters. Well, there's Donna, kind of, and what's his name? What's Noah. Noah. Let's start with the David. All right, let's start with the David. So it's so weird because it's been so long in between, like watching episodes that I I thought it must have been weeks, and it, they're like, it's the next day from the last episode. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we took a we took a, a short sabbatical, and since we're behind on the tapes, we. Uh, we batch recorded a couple episodes and yeah. are coming back to 90210 now. So it had been a couple weeks, but um, in the last episode, David and Donna broke up. In the last episode of Soap and 90210. <laughs> and she had kicked him out. And he says to her, you just kicked me out yesterday. And I'm like, holy shit, that was yesterday? And that it was, just seems like so much has happened. That was weird, yeah. Well, because she kicked him out and then... He got bailed out by Noah, unbeknownst to him. And then Noah kissed, what's her name? Donna. Donna. And now, yeah, now the, this is going on. So <clears throat> David is living in his office at the After Dark. He's living on a prayer. <laughs> he has finally, you know, he's starting to turn things around. He's out of debt. The the Club's mobster well. guys, you know, paid off. The and... mobster guy that apparently just has a regular job, by the way. Yeah. Like, he's just, he works on a dock. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, So, it's like, you know, you get this, like, sense that maybe David's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking turns the space heater on in his office and just leaves it on. And you <laughs> called it immediately. Well, as soon as they show someone plugging something into a bunch of different, like, it's like uh, in fucking A Christmas Story or something, mm-hmm. where there's all these different plugs going into one extension plug and, and everything. As soon as they showed that, I was like, oh, fire, of course. But that's not even what causes the fire. No. He throws his shirt on top of the space heater mm-hmm. because he's looking for something in the office. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? looking for, as he calls them, those little cheese fish crackers. (laughs) And yet when he grabs them, they're two giant things of goldfish crackers. Right. And they say goldfish right on them. Yeah. 
that has to be a goldfish product placement, right? Like I, I they imagine. had to have cleared that with Nabisco or whoever makes goldfish. Maybe he just was truly supposed to be having trouble coming up with the name. He was kind of excited. He's like, oh, you know, there's so many people. He was excited about goldfish crackers. You know how we all get <laughs> excited about goldfish crackers. He literally was wanted to put them out to make people thirsty so they would drink more. That's fucked up. I didn't even realize that that's why bars give you free salty snacks. Yeah, you didn't realize that's why all the <laughs> the the snacks and bars are salty? Yeah, like... And pickled pig's feet and fucking... Pickled pig's feet? What the fuck kind of bar do you go to? Well, you've never been to a bar down south, obviously. I have not. Or pickled eggs or... Uh, but, um, yeah, it's like nuts and pretzels and stuff. I've had them give me popcorn before, and I was just like, oh, how nice is this? <laughs> <laughs> Some bars just have a giant salt lick at the end. <laughs> right. Just line up, everybody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because salt makes you thirsty. Because you, when you have too much sodium in your body, your body craves water to dilute the salt and keep it in balance. And then sometimes, and salt also help, makes you retain water. Mm-hmm. So then sometimes... You get into this vicious cycle where you eat something salty and then you drink water and then your body craves salt again and then you drink more water and your body craves salt and then you have this this big bloat oh. of like water weight. That sounds awful. That if you just stopped for a day or two eating salty snacks that you would, you know, you'd pee it all out and you'd be fine. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, my experience with little fish in bars though is... <laughs> There's this one the talking fish that appears after you've had a, the right amount of drinks. Right, no, it's time, Carol. Select a man and take him home. <laughs> okay, fish. Oh my god. <laughs> no, like my favorite drink. It's called the fishing hole, mm-hmm. and they used to put Swedish fish in the giant bowl that they serve this drink in. Oh, the fish that appears is, is Swedish. Yeah, it, <laughs> like <laughs> goodness. Oh, you sound like the dude from uh, the Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the the first time I got it, they served it in a goldfish bowl with fish in it, and yeah. I thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever. And it's and a giant drink. As time has Aquamarine. gone on, they they've gotten crappier. They're tightening their belts. No fish, smaller bowl. Oh. So sad. Too many people hallucinated <laughs> after drinking it. So right. Had to shrink the bowl. And that, would, that wouldn't be a bad idea, honestly, to mm. coat some fish and psilocybin or like what su- the fuck? Su- Swedish fish and you know, like uh, just roll a little mescaline or something on them, dip them in that, put them in the drink, and then there you go. I think that would be a very bad idea. <laughs> okay. You and I have different ideas of good times. Apparently. Mescaline-covered Swedish fish and <laughs> pickled pig's feet. And I guess, I don't know, a bowl of popcorn for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, David sets his bar on fire. He does. And not like, not in the good sense of like, this bar's on fire. No, no. No, no. More like, this bar's on fire. It was so stupid. And he gets out. Like, the fire's just in his office. It doesn't go through the bar, but it it's bad enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, smoke appears underneath his door, and the bartender that, that uh, 
turned him on to the scummy uh, fucking loan shark guy mm-hmm. is like, hey, uh, there's smoke coming from your fucking place or whatever. Yeah. and uh, Or maybe the waitress says it. But anyway, he sees and the fire alarms go off and everyone starts going and then everyone starts stampeding out. Right. I thought it was going to be a real clusterfuck. Oh, yeah. People were going to get trampled to death or something. He was going to be liable for uh, murder or something like murder? that. Murder? Jeez. Well, because people would die in the being trampled. But I, I don't think it would be murder if, you know. Man, manslaughter. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, that doesn't happen. When you kill least. someone and it's unintentional, it's manslaughter. Right. But I, I don't think that. Somebody getting trampled in a public place when there's a fire would fall on the owner as manslaughter. That seems... It depends. Depends on the situation. Do they have the... I Have they exceeded the maximum amount of people allowed? Do they have proper fire exits? Yeah. I mean, like, there, there's a bunch of stuff they could catch them on. Anyway, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... Instead, it, it, he, he t- takes a, a fire extinguisher yeah. and is able to easily put out the fire. It 100% could have been worse. As we saw the last time there was a fire. Yeah, there's Kelly a lot got of fires in this right? show. I don't know what they, like, did, <laughs> did the, were the, some of the writers hurt by fire or something like that? Somebody has some issues. Did fire promise to take you to Disneyland and then <laughs> didn't show up? Right. It was raining, son. <laughs> That's no excuse, dad. That is also made of fire. So, oh no. Oh no! Oh no! It, it was it, it wasn't that bad. He was able to put the fire out. However, oh yeah, it it turns out he has no insurance. Yeah, so he's completely fucked. He couldn't he couldn't <coughs> pay for the insurance, so he decided, nah, it's something I don't need. What an idiot! Always get insurance. It's not like blackjack. No, this is business. So this is business, not blackjack. Always get insurance. That should be an insurance ad, <laughs> right? For gambling addicts. But the the landlady is very unhappy when she finds out. Which, yeah. like, he doesn't even call her. Like, he's acting like such a child. He really is. So yeah, she he's already behind. He didn't have insurance, so she's like, "You're done." Yeah. So he's lost You're his down. bar. She says, "I." Uh, she goes. Look, you're always late on your rent. You don't have fucking insurance like you're supposed to. You had a fire in here. You're apparently living in here. Uh, your lease is up. That's it. Look yeah. for another place. You're yeah. done. He's like, I'll, I'll turn it around and I'll do better. And she's like, I'm sure you will somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I disagree. I don't think he will somewhere else. Yeah. I think that would be really stupid if he just tries to reopen the after dark in a different spot. Turns out he doesn't have to, but... I knew, I knew <laughs> the, the confused look on your face is oh, so, no, no. Is so worth it. Because I, I knew the way you were talking. You did not remember it. In your in fairness, they just drop it in there like real quick and subtle towards the end of the episode. But I knew you hadn't remembered. Yeah. Okay. So Noah. <laughs> Noah turns into uh, Daddy Warbucks and uh, just... <laughs> You know, once it's out, like he just starts flashing his eyes. Right. <laughs> um, we should we should cover him and Valerie a little bit too, okay. and maybe Donna. Sure. Leading up to this moment. Okay. So, with Valerie, Valerie and David have a conversation at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. where Valerie's like, 
Because David, at the very beginning of the episode, David comes over to Donna's house and is like, oh my God, you're the best. You're, you're a unicorn. You are the, the, the most beautiful woman in the entire world. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I thought I, he's like, I knew you were mad at me and I knew it was going to take a while, but for you to bail me out like this. Oh yeah, this was so stupid. And she's like, what are you fucking talking about? And he's like, the loan shark. And she goes, the loan shark you never told me about? Yeah, I didn't bail you out of that. He's like, well, who could it have been? I don't know anybody that has money. Noah doesn't have any money. <laughs> he he specifically goes. He specifically mentions Noah. For, yeah. Weirdly, he says Brandon and Steve, people you would think might want to bail him out. But then he throws Noah in there too for some reason. But anyway, well, because he's replacement Dylan. Don't forget that's true. Um, but anyway, so he. How much more meaningful would this be if this was Dylan? Yeah. Doing this stuff. Whatever they did to lose Luke Perry, shame on them. It was a really bad decision. He wanted to make that fucking eight seconds movie or whatever about bull riding. Not worth it. No, not. Come your, back. Your movie career is not going great, Dylan. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, uh, she's like, well, no, you lied. Now I know you lied to me. Even when you said you were telling the truth, now I know you lied to me. You're a piece of shit. Get out. And so he leaves. Uh, and then... He's talking to Valerie, and Valerie's like, well, don't you want to know who bailed you out? And he's like, yeah, but why do you want to know? And he's like, oh, money. <laughs> you smell money. I should have guessed. <laughs> yeah, it really, like, it's so funny. It, when she finds out who it was, it makes sense. Yeah. But, like, why should she care otherwise? Yeah, why is she so invested? Like, does she really think she can find this person with money and then just seduce them? I guess. I mean, she does seem to think that her vagina is like a golden <sighs> I honey guess, pot or I something. I guess so. They really have just reduced her character to just a money-grubbing whore. Yep. They. It reminds me of a, of a joke I heard. Uh, indulge me for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young child uh, is in class, and he hears his, his teacher talking about the difference between hypothetically and realistically. And he doesn't really understand. So he goes to his dad and he says, Dad, what's the difference between realistically and hypothetically? And he's like, well, how do I explain it? He goes, do, he goes, do me a favor. Go to your, your sister and your aunt and ask them if they would have sex for a str- with a stranger for a million dollars. And he's like, why? What, why would I do that? And he's like, just do it. So he goes uh, to his aunt and his sister. And he comes back and he says, so I asked them, and they both had the exact same answer. I asked them if they would sleep with a stranger, hypothetically, for a million dollars. and Or if they'd sleep with a stranger for a million dollars. And they both said that they would. And he, the dad's getting angry. And he goes, he goes, they both said yes. He said, yeah. He goes, go ask your mother. And so he asks his mom. And... He, he said, I asked mom the same question, and she gave the same answer. She said for a million dollars, she would have sex with a stranger. And the dad's getting even more angry, and he goes, okay, so hypothetically, we have three million dollars now. But realistically, we're living in a house with three whores. <laughs> Goodness, that's a little judgy. Has he not seen Indecent Proposal? Apparently not. That's an old joke. So. Uh, anyway. So she goes and f- tracks him down, and it's fucking, he says, well, she, yeah. She slaps him. 
well, no, no. She tra- no, oh, sorry. She tra- back it up. She, back tra- it up. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> she tracks down the guy, the yeah. loan shark guy, who is, just has a regular nine to five on the docks, I guess. I mean, he's ordering people around. He's still wearing a suit, but he's like, ah, oh, this goes there, that goes there. Is it like like how all mob people in New Jersey are, are in waste management or something? <laughs> like, is that what it is? Well, I mean, maybe it's just like he has money and so they're doing like moving stuff for him because he has money or maybe he like owns this business and he has money and on the side for fun he just is a loan shark too yeah um but anyway so she asks him and he's like yeah she goes well i thought i could use my charm on you and he's like "Mm, okay um I don't understand why she didn't want to sleep. See, when when you talk about smelling money, I thought she was going to try to sleep with the loan shark. Like he he has money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go for him. He but was interested in her too. He was kind of interested in her, but he says, "Look, you didn't hear it from me, but it was some dude named Noah, whatever his last name Hunter. is, Hunter. Noah Hunter. Yeah." And then he's like. Oh, yeah, this guy's fucking loaded. Like, he's like, it's not, I don't know what he's telling people or whatever, but to trust me, the loan shark guy, he's got a lot of money. And like you pointed out, it's like, how does he know? Did he do research on him? Like, yeah, I mean, like, all he knows is he paid him the $17,000. I want the scene where he's sitting in a library looking at microfiche and like <laughs> tracking down his lineage. <laughs> oh, my God, he's one of those hunters. Um, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, she goes up, and as you said, she slaps him twice. twice. <laughs> so ridiculous. And then he goes, look, if you do that one more time, I'm going to slap you back. I kind of don't blame him. I mean, just yeah. out of nowhere, she's really hard, too. And then she talks about how much he li- he's a liar. Which he is. And, I mean, like, I get that that's, like, the hot take is, like, oh, he's been a liar. But that's not my first thought. Like, you'd think that they'd just be like, oh, my gosh, we're friends with a millionaire. <laughs> Especially her. Right. But, no, she's like, how dare you lie to me? Well, she's mad because she, it would have made her decision so much easier. Yeah. She would have just stayed with him. Well, she apparently it was the love of her life or whatever. I don't know. She yells at Brandon about it later because Brandon knew. Mm-hmm. And, oh, she's uh, wearing a Nikon, by the way. Did you enjoy that? I I noticed it. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, you knew how much I needed the money. Why wouldn't you tell me? Like, what does she think would have happened? Yeah, no, she's li- she's living in this house basically for free. Like, what does she need all this money for? Well, I mean, she probably would like to not live in Brandon's house forever. I guess, yeah. But, Steal some more clients from people. Right. Yeah, just uh, just accept yourself as a call girl. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, just yeah. do that. High class. You can, you can ask uh, Erica. She she has. There you go. She has the inside track on who you can get with. Um, but anyway, so she's pissed. And yeah, she says he's a liar. He is kind of a liar, I guess. Because it's not like he's, it's not like he was, didn't say anything about his financial situation. He specifically said he did not have money. Yeah. He said he needed a place to stay because he couldn't afford anything. He's like staying on Donna's parents' boat. Like the whole thing's weird. He's yeah. really, he's really like like play acting like he's broke. Yeah. It is weird. I, I wonder what he's getting out of it. Well, he said to Donna, because he admits it to Donna, mm-hmm. he said to Donna that... He wanted to know what it was like to not be Noah Hunter. 
Mm-hmm. Because I guess for his whole life he's had these expectations heaped on his shoulder or whatever. Well, and I'm sure you know it, it's hard to know who your real friends are. Yeah, I get it. it I get it from that aspect, but like they were dating for a while. Like he should have known at that point that okay, she likes me for me. She likes me for me, not because yeah, <laughs> I sing like Pavarotti. Uh, I'm such a hottie or something like that. I don't yeah. know the name of the rest of the songs. But um, anyway, so I think it is it is kind of shitty, but at the same time, it's also no one's business, really. Right, yeah. Like, everybody's so bad at them, it seems a little out of proportion. Except for Valerie, but even that was out of proportion. So then she tells David. Yeah. And David's like, what the fuck? And she's like, hey, maybe she, he thinks that, you know, gives you 15 grand, then he can fuck Donna or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it is a weird turn of events. Yeah. Do you think he liked Donna the whole time? Because I thought he was into Kelly. No, I don't think he liked Donna the whole time. I think he was into Valerie, then he was into Kelly, then he was into Valerie, then Valerie broke his heart, then he, now he's into Donna. Hmm. I think he's just going through the list. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But him and Donna, mm-hmm. like, they, they end up... Uh, they go on a full-ass date. Yeah. And this is when Donna says to to David, you can come back and live at the beach house because he's sleeping in his car. Mm-hmm. Because there's too much smoke damage, so he can't sleep in the the office where he was sleeping. Well, that's be- before they go on the date, she tells him that. Yeah. She's like, you know, and, and he's like, you all but kicked me out yesterday. Which I realize now is not when they broke up. It's when... Yeah, when she he, yelled at, the at him. Of the episode, yeah. yeah. I realized that too when I was talking about it. <laughs> But, so it has been a, probably a few days at least. But yeah, so he com- he comes unbeknownst to her to, I guess, stay. But he hears them talking and kiss at the end of their date. Yeah, that's awful. And so he's like, yeah, I, I wish I hadn't been here or whatever, and I'm leaving now. But I mean, that's kind of his fault because she didn't know he was there. She yeah. wouldn't have done that if she knew he was there, I'm sure. They're broken up, so mm-hmm. she's not really doing anything wrong. No. I think Noah's doing something wrong. Honestly, but I think if he's really friends with with David, you don't date your friend's exes. Are you sure they're friends? Well, they might. I mean, I don't think they are. I he, mean, not he, anymore, for sure. He but... keeps saying that he wants to be, and David's like, yeah, we're not fucking friends. Fuck you. Yeah. So in that regard, I mean, like, I don't know that he owes David anything, and he did help him out. So, so they meet at the max at the end. And by the, the max? max. By the max, I mean the peach pit. Holy shit, are we uh, Say by the bell, yes. Tiffany Amber Thiessen crossover in your brain there? Mm-hmm. The nightgown. It's all right. Nightgown broke you. But uh, so they're there and he's talking to Donna and Noah walks up behind him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I'm fucked. I'm not going to be able to do the club anymore. And he's like, look, it's fine. Take your time with the payments. No one cares. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, did I, you know, did I make her an offer on, on the the, uh, the building or whatever? Yeah, of course I did. I bought it. So it's, he bought the clubs, built the club building. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so just go run your club or whatever. Like, he's very dismissive about it. Yeah. He's on a date with Donna. And he's like, just go run your club. And David's like, yeah, I don't want to anymore. You fucking run it. And he throws him the keys. And then walks away. Yeah. And then and then Noah has the audacity to be like, you see, Donna, my money's ruining everything. 
No, it's your fucking attitude, dude. For sure. I mean, if he were like a nice person and was genuinely trying to help people and approach things from that angle, mm-hmm. not the, well, I'm helping you, so fuck off. Yeah, exactly. So that's where we're at. David's given up the club, I guess. I don't know, but he doesn't have to. They're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna try to convince him to keep it because Noah owns it now. So yeah. I, I, I don't understand how this business works at all. But no. Did no. he buy the Peach Pit, too? Did he buy that building? Or does Nat own that half of the building? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I, I wish that we could ask him, because I know you really worry about <laughs> Nat He has to, though. He, he, Nat has to own that half of the building. Because when they were going to build the mall, they couldn't do it without him. A leaseholder would be able to just sell it. Yeah. Out from under him. That's true. So he has to own the building, too. So the other story we have is Brandon and Kelly. Yep. And Erica. Yes. Brandon and Kelly and Erica. Oh, my. So I'm kind of sick of them. (laughs) It's nothing. Okay. I'm going to usually I would thoroughly rinse Carol and make fun of her or whatever. But I'm going to give you a pass here. Uh, for your procrastination or, or consternation about this storyline because nothing happens. <laughs> I mean, stuff happens, but nothing really happens. It's a handful of scenes of them talking about stuff and then one scene of something happening and then it's like, oh, it's everything's fixed. They have a scene where they're like, oh, uh, Brandon, they're, they're going to threaten you. If you don't give up Erica, tell him she was your source. And he's like, no, not going to do it. And then there's a scene of them coming and being like, you're under arrest, Brandon. We're taking you to jail. And then Brandon's like meeting with the prosecutor and I'm not going to give her up and everything. Uh, Rush gets him a lawyer. He gets bailed out. I know I'm explaining or I know I'm saying a lot of things that are happening, but it's all nothing. It's all banal it is. dialogue, and it's quick, f- efficient, expositional scenes that are just nothing. And there's no dynamism to any of this. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And he, him and Kelly, apparently, this is a strain on their relationship, because she's like, you could go to jail for five years. And he's like, I won't because the jury won't convict me. And I'm like, of course they wouldn't because this right. is all ridiculous. But yeah, to she charge him with accessory to like child endangerment. It's so dumb. She is, um, I think, being very unfair. Mm-hmm. And both her and Steve have this parallel going on where like Steve feels like the pregnant lady is, you know, making decisions for him and his Mm. life's out of his hands. And Kelly feels like that's what Brandon's doing by allowing himself to be in this position. And it's not the same. It's not the same. (laughs) So then Erica says he, she overhears the stuff. She overhears the boring scenes (laughs) and says, I've got an idea. We'll catch him on some other crime. So conveniently, Mm -hmm. He also deals drugs. <laughs> so the cops get together. They put a wire on her. She's like, oh, my gosh, I was in Vegas. Look at all the money I made you. He's like, all right, you know, you're the best. <laughs> and he doesn't question it in any way. 
And then she's like, oh, I got somebody here that wants to buy drugs from you, too. Even though I just came back just now. Right. And he's like, cool. Let's go sell drugs. Yeah. The he whole- looks right at her chest where the bulge of the fucking microphone <laughs> is, taps it and goes, yes, let's sell drugs. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing is stupid, stupid, stupid. So he goes up to the car, and then Brandon and Kelly are there. In the police car, yeah. For some reason. I don't know why they'd be allowed to be there, but they're there on the stakeout with the other two cops, and the guy's like, this guy's the best. He's the best uh, detective. And all the guy does is go, yes, I would like two grams of uh, cocaine, please. Right. Here's my 20% off coupon (laughs) for cocaine. And he's like, oh, I've got some. Let me see it. Here's money. Here's the cocaine. And it's like, it was the most banal thing ever. And then the police sirens come out. And I guess the actor playing Riggs, deciding that his entire storyline has been too stupid and boring, turns into a Las (laughs) Vegas magician. He's David Copperfield spinning around with his arms wide open. Ta-da! Like he just saw a woman in half. It was very overdramatic. It was the stupidest. Like I can't imagine that the director saw this blocking and was like, "That's it." So Erica's doing her best. What happened? What's going on? She did a good job. She did. The actress that played her did a good job. I she's mean, like, what's what's happening, Riggs? What are they doing? Yeah, and then she's like, I love you. Yeah. And then they put her in the car like they're arresting her, even though they're not going to. And then they arrest him, and they take him off. And uh, Erica's like, I hope he believed me. Yeah, which obviously he did. He was like trying to comfort her as he's getting in the car, which was yeah. ridiculous and didn't fit his character. No. The idea being that he's going to think that they both got arrested, and even if he gets out, or whenever he gets out, he'll be like, well, I, I just lost track of her. I mean, they arrested her, too. I know, you know, she went to a, a woman's facility or, or a juvenile detention center. I have no idea what's, what's happening right. to her. I mean, and that's fine. She gets he... to live with Dylan because they've been on the phone, quote unquote, with Dylan and Brenda this whole time. They're like, they look right at the camera and they're like, remember, these are characters that are still exist in the show, even though apparently we hate the actors. Right. So, yeah, so Erica's all excited to go. She's going to go live with Bre- Brenda and Dylan. I mean, she gets to go to Europe. In London. So, hopefully, she turns her life around, I guess. Yep. Whatever. But. It was all really, really bad. It was dumb. Like, the time that it took me to explain it was about as long as it took in the episode and probably was more. (laughs) It was so, like, you wouldn't believe that that storyline with those elements could be so boring. But it was. It was. So then the last storyline that we have. Is Steve. Good old Steven Sanders. I hate him right now. Like, I don't he is, know he's why. to his assholishness. Yeah. I don't know why the girl he's with is still with him. I can't think of her name right now. Carly. Yeah. Like, he just keeps whining and whining about the fact that he knocked up this girl. Mm-hmm. And whether he did or not, he could have. Yeah. So, well, he used take responsibility. Yeah. Okay, so that you both used a condom. If it failed, it failed. No, I understand. 
They need to put it right on the box. I understand. Um, but he, he, um, what the fuck was I going to say? I, I, I derailed myself with my joke. I don't know. <laughs> um, he thinks he got this girl pregnant. Mm-hmm. His main argument, now he is being a very whiny baby. He is reverting to like season one, mm-hmm. season two, Steve, where he's like, and I'll give you a thousand dollars, just go away. I don't want to fucking deal with that. I, I, I'm an adult and I don't want to have a baby. Yeah, and she's like, it's your responsibility to pay support if the baby's yours anyway. Mm-hmm. Which and, it is. Yeah. But his main argument, and I think they should have hit this more, but I think they were too cowardly to do it, is that, whatever, pro-choice, okay? Mm-hmm. She has a choice. He doesn't have a choice. She wants to have the baby. He wants to get in a. He wants her to get an abortion. And it's like he feels like he doesn't have any choice in the situation. Like he's a victim. Right. Like he's being victimized, which is an interesting moral quandary, because this isn't a thing you can compromise on. Yeah. You can't kind of abort a baby, and you can't kind of not abort a baby. Well, adoption would be a compromise, I guess. Yeah, sure. But she wants to keep the baby. And she, she should wants, be able to. She wants a child. He doesn't. So that's the, you know, you could make arguments sure. that it's unfair. You could make arguments that a, a, a man should be able to say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with this baby and not have to do anything. Um. I'm not saying they're good arguments. I'm not saying I agree with them. But I'm saying if we sat down here, we could talk for two hours probably right. about the the interesting moral and philosophical questions around this specific situation. Ultimately, I think that the mother's the one that has it in her body. Her opinion has to carry more weight. Yeah. I just, I it, it might not seem fair to guys, but I think that's that's just the way it is. And I think if one wants it and the other one doesn't want it, the baby, I, I I think that most of the time it should go towards the wanting it aspect yeah. too. Um, but anyway, so because this is a completely different question, by the way, if she doesn't want to have the baby and he does, right? Then it's a very different question. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's interesting, but they don't get into any of that. It's more just about like, this is going to ruin me. Yeah. Which is so stupid. Like how, why? Like you're dating a girl with a kid. Like the, the whole storyline doesn't make sense. It doesn't and it's make not sense. fair to his character. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not fair to his character and the growth that his character has gone through over the years. It also doesn't make sense that Carly wouldn't immediately be like, uh, if the idea of maybe having a child turns you off this much, uh, I have a kid. Why right. can you fuck off then? Like, yeah, what the fuck? Like this child is in your life. And if we're going to get closer, you're going to be more and more like a father figure to this child whose father is not in the picture. Yeah. So like, that's a huge red flag for her. Should be. <laughs> it should be. But she acts like it's not. And. He comes that we haven't gotten the results yet. They give us it's like a bait and switch. At the end of the last episode, they're like Steve Sanders, and they've got the paper and everything. He has just taken the DNA. T- I, I guess 
that was supposed to be them saying, come and, and, and give us your, your DNA or whatever. Oh, maybe. Um, but it seemed like they were saying that he was going to get the answer. And I told you, I thought it took a lot longer. Than yeah, that. we talked about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess kudos to them. I guess they listened somehow <laughs> in the past uh, and reverted it. But uh, it does it does take several days or a week or something like that. But before the results, he comes to her and he's like, I've decided if it's mine, I'm going to take responsibility for the baby. And I hope that doesn't change anything between us. And I hope that you can accept that. And she's like, yes, of course, asshole. Right. It's like if he made the other decision of like, I'm not going to have anything to do with this baby no matter what. I I think she'd run for the hills. I would for sure. But yeah, so she's happy about it. Uh, so he gets to do the right thing at the end. He talks to Rush. It like it didn't occur to me. Rush was in a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. He impregnated his birth mom, who was not uh, his wife. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't want her to have the baby. I'm and sure. essentially bought the child. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he talks to him about that, and they have a conversation. And Rush is like, Rush, actually, this was a very sweet moment where Rush is like that, you know, that was the best thing that happened to me or whatever, because then now I have you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it was a really, the actor that plays Rush is actually a very good actor. Yeah. I've seen him in other things too. Um, but, uh, that was actually a really sweet moment between the two of them. So then, um, we get the DNA results and he's not the father. And then he's like, you told me there was nobody else. And she's like, well, there was one person. But I was really hoping it was you. Yeah. That kind of makes me think, like, the other one doesn't have money. Who knows? Like, that makes me question her, too, though. Yeah. Where she was like, I really wanted to be Steve, so I'm going to make it seem like it has to be him. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, be honest. You know, because if if he knew there was a chance, he wouldn't have been freaking out so much. He yeah. would have just been like, yeah, okay, I'll do the test, but whatever. Well, and he probably would have been like, it's most likely not me because we used a condom. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like the other guy didn't. Because, yeah, but he was, you know, freaking out. But I don't know. I didn't like this whole storyline. I didn't like any of it. I didn't like what they did, what it did to Steve's character. I don't like how Carly reacted to it. I don't think it was realistic in any way. Mm-mm. Nope. And it was another thing that was just a giant waste of time because in the end it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So now most of the storylines are wrapped up uh, that have been that have been threads. Yeah, Steve's not Steve's not the father. Uh, Erica is going to be gone after this episode, I assume, going to live with Dylan. Uh, Brandon's not in trouble anymore. The one thing that has come out of this that well, the two things I guess. So. David and Donna and the Noah situation. Right. That's the new thing. And then um, Kelly has decided to volunteer at a clinic where a doctor is is uh, like treating children. I don't think she's volunteering. I think she got a yeah. job there. Like it's right. from the same agency she already works for, but she wants to switch yeah. what she's doing to work at this clinic. Instead, instead. of doing vague daycare things. <laughs> right. The... The writers finally hit on an idea of something she could do in the social work area, and they were like, "Okay, let's do that." 
So she's going to be there to, like, and this is a really stupid explanation of uh, what a social worker would do. Mm -hmm. She's going to be there to comfort the patients because a lot of patients are really scared when they come to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not what social workers do. No. Um, But, yeah, they don't know what social workers do. But they took the time to show the doctor, like, give him a name and, and have an actor. They cast it. And his receptionist. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that might not be a huge storyline, but I think this will be part of her. We'll see her there from time to time and, and all that stuff. Well, you suspected that she's going to get a crush on this doctor or whatever. Well, she 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 has been known to have crushes on men in the medical field. So yeah, We'll see. We'll see what happens. But that is the episode, Carol. It is. So you can write us at latefee1994 at AWOL.com. Yep. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And share the tapes with your friends. Do that. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.